It's not the government, the church, or even our schools. The home is the actual foundation of all societies, and it is steadily deteriorating. Do you realize how valuable your home is? Are you willing to do the homework required to be an influencer, a home influencer? Welcome to Homework with Kim. I'm Kimona Ferguson, and together we take a candid look at our homes and the work we need to do within its four walls and in our families in order to fulfill our God-given assignments. Just look around, you see it. We have some homework to do, so let's get started. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Homework with Kim. Thank you so much for joining me. Here we take a candid look at our homes and the work we need to do within its four walls to ensure that at the end of a long, hard day, when our heads hit the pillow, we can truly declare, home, sweet home. I'm your host, Kim, and today I want us to talk a bit about a pandemic, one that's not new, some may call it a public health issue of sorts. Unfortunately, no vaccine or over-the-counter cream or pill can treat it. No, I'm not talking about the monkeypox, but it's something that I believe has a far-reaching impact. To what do I refer, you may ask? Keep guessing. It affects those of us who are building our homes, just starting our family, And it also affects those who already have or dream homes and families. It affects single parent households. And it also affects homes where both parents are present. It doesn't respect class, age, gender. And I could go on, but I think you get the point. It doesn't respect nobody. What am I talking about? The epidemic of loneliness. to be surrounded by people all day yet still feel isolated? Can you be lonely in a crowded house? Does it happen? Why yes it does and I believe it's really common and easy to feel lonely regardless of how many people make up our homes. We all experience it at some point. I know I have on some days. Even with a husband to wake up to and a full-of-life toddler buzzing around me, neighbors who are a stone throw away, parents and siblings, relatives, friends, and a church family that I can reach out to at any time, really, I still experience feelings of loneliness. So if you're like me, this episode is for you. And I suppose that as a stay-at-home mom, that could be the reason why I fall into this isolation trap because it's really a lifestyle that naturally leads to a form of isolation. 
And it's really actually more of how it ends up working out rather than me intentionally hiding from civilization. Chatting with a child all day, ensuring that she receives adequate socialization, but never really fully pondering the question, Kim, are you socializing enough? So I've had to put measures in place, such as checking in with my husband, sister, mother, phoning her at least every other day, and sometimes ensuring that the day doesn't end without me speaking to at least three adults. But then again, I'm certainly not saying that only stay-at-home moms experience loneliness. And I'm sure there are those of you listening who are part of big families, work with and around people all day, and you may have a similar experience. And in our families, in our homes, the place where we're supposed to feel fully seen and connected, I mean, after all, it is home. Yet many of us find that we have at some point been home alone. That's because it takes a lot of effort to build a home where each member feels fully known and fully loved. What kind of homework do we need to do to make sure that our homes aren't just crowded places, but also places of connection and companionship? A very popular movie that we all used to look forward to watching every Christmas. We had it on cassette, we had it on DVD. Christmas couldn't come and pass and we don't watch this movie. It tells the story of eight-year-old Kevin McAllister who was considered the black sheep of his family. He was always being picked on by his siblings and his cousins and his parents were really annoyed by some of his antics. Kevin then finds himself forced to sleep on the third floor of the house away from everyone else. The next day, the McAllisters accidentally sleep late and they barely make it to their flight for their vacation in Paris. Kevin is accidentally left behind. It's only when they were already airborne and en route to Paris, they realize that they forgot Kevin. Once Kevin realizes they've left him home alone, he learns to fend for himself. He was excited at first to be alone because he thought that's really what he needed. He was soon to realize that there was danger ahead and that he would have to thwart this on his own. Meanwhile, Kevin's mother is frantic when she realizes that she and the family have unintentionally left Kevin behind home alone. And she tries to make it back to him as fast as she can. So that's just a basic summary of that movie. You may be wondering now, what does this story, what does this movie have to do with homework? After all, we watched this as a feel-good movie back in the day. But I think, friends, that if we look closely, we'll see more there. Now, this episode is certainly not a tribute to Home Alone, the movie, but 
it acts as a starting point for us to ask ourselves the question, have we unintentionally, with all that's happening in us and in our adult relationships, all that's happening at work, have we unintentionally left our wives or husbands or parents, grandparents, siblings, have we left our children home alone? And if we have, let's call a spade a spade. We're getting candid. Now is not the time to guess if we have or if we have not. We must ask the members of our household. We must ask each other, our spouses, our children, no matter how young they are, as long as they can understand. Do you feel alone? Do you feel valued, heard, seen? And then once we hear the answer, and let me tell you, be prepared for the answer. We must then be prepared as well to respond. Now since coming of age and re-watching the Home Alone movie, I've said to myself, then them people are walkly seen? Translated, how careless are these parents to leave this young man behind? How can you forget someone you truly love and care for? But let me answer this question by inserting a moment of transparency here. Now, I always share my thoughts, read the podcast with my husband. I usually share with him what I want to talk about to get his thoughts. And then I decide to move forward. So I decided to do what I just encouraged you to do. And I asked him the question, do you feel fully heard and seen by me? And let me tell you, his answer wasn't one I necessarily wanted to hear, expected to hear, but it was one that I needed to hear. He said, no, not really, not all the time. Imagine my shock and disbelief. I mean, he must not have heard the question. Clearly, perhaps he didn't understand the question. Let me ask him again. In fact, let me ask the question in a different way. Maybe he'll answer the right way this time, I thought. The answer remained the same. What would I do next? I had to prepare to go deep. Forget the fact that I was a little... Hmm, Insulted, I mean, I do so much for him, with him. I mean, how can he not feel fully seen and heard? And here lies the problem, friends. His answer told me something was missing. And all I could think about initially was not the work I needed to do to help fill in the missing piece. But instead, I was thinking of the inconvenience of now having to do more work. Like Kevin McAllister's family in the Home Alone movie, I was tempted to leave my husband behind. Unintentionally, because I had other things to worry about and I was not looking for any emotional work right now. What about me? I thought again. Would he ask me 
if I felt fully seen or heard? Would I make the choice in this moment to leave him home alone? Home, but alone to fend for himself emotionally. Long story short, we rolled up our sleeves and got to work. It started as some shallow digging at first, but as the work progressed, the digging got deeper and more intentional. As we started with the first part of the work, about two hours later, I was better able to understand and appreciate his response and saw where I had some more homework to do in this area. So when I say homework with Kim, it's just as the name suggests. I am doing my homework too, and it is hard, but we're gonna keep at it. Now, if you have the perfect relationships at home, certainly this week's episode will be of little to no benefit to you. But if you're like me and wanting very much to make sure that those dearest to you never feel alone if you have anything to do with it, then let's look at a few improvements I believe we can make to ensure that we not leave nobody home alone. First things first. We live in the tropics where it's supposed to be warm all the time. But let's admit, we can be very cold, even to our very own family members. We often hear that it's a cold, cold world out there and only the toughest survive. And sometimes we carry that same mentality and create that same environment in our homes to the detriment of the members of our household. What our homes need is the exact opposite. Warmth, care, and some positive attention. Care and affection in our homes helps to prevent our loved ones from feeling home but alone. So we now have to get ready to learn and to work on giving positive attention. I know it is much easier for many of us to draw attention to the negative. We, we, we do SWOT analyses like we're in the boardroom. We, we, something comes up in the family and our first response is, what, what is the problem here? What do you need to improve on? Present your proposal for resolving this issue by 8 a.m. Monday. That's how some of us approach it. Now, maybe we don't necessarily use those words, but it's the absence of that warmth and care that communicates that we think that we are out there in this cold, cold world and not with our loved ones who have been gifted to us. Sometimes we're too rough with those in our home. So let's work on placing some positive attention on our spouses and children or whoever makes up your home and that we are interested and excited by what they do and who they are so that we can strengthen the connections at home. So that means we're going to start telling our families how much we adore them and love them. Notice I said telling them. In other words, we're going to be using our words. 
Let's use our words and not just assume that they know because they see us working hard to fulfill our obligations and responsibilities to them. Let's speak pleasantly to each other and make eye contact when we're talking to them. Let's not miss the opportunity to show physical affection, a kiss, a hug, a handhold, whether with our spouses or our children, because that can be the bridge between, I feel so alone, and, ah, there's no place like home. Let's also look out for opportunities to praise and encourage the people in our family when they do something well. It's true that sometimes we cut our eyes past the good, but the bad, we put on with glasses and use magnifying glass to zoom in on it. Friends, let's trade the criticism for congratulations. And as the young people nowadays say, and keep the same energy. So if we used to go hard with the criticism, don't ease up now. When it comes to giving the congratulations, go hard, same way, or even harder. Because we know nothing ever used to miss we when we were zooming in on the negative. So keep out your magnifying glass and keep on your glasses when you're zooming in on the positive. Now I'm not saying we should tell lie or talk things when a gossip, but this homework of being warmer, more caring and affectionate within our families is necessary and we are doing it to make our children, spouses, relatives feel special. We believe that this can help them, can help us deal better with life's ups and downs and help prevent them from being home alone. next area that I believe could benefit from some homework is how we communicate. We need some good communication in our homes and we need to work at that. Now hear me again. I said good, not the let me tell them a piece of my mind kind of communication or I just have to get this off my chest kind of communication. To help our families to not feel alone, we must be willing to do the work necessary to communicate well about good and bad things. So that means we can celebrate together when a family member has something good to share. But we're also not frightened to talk about problems when times are tough. Some families end up falling into the trap of only creating an environment where You know, only the good stories are welcomed. What do they say now? Good vibes only? Well, that's not realistic because life is a combination of good and bad vibes. And we should encourage talking about the good and the not so good. We must work to create a safe place for everyone in our family to share difficult feelings. If they're embarrassed about something, having a personal challenge confused or worried because when our households feel they don't have to hold back it strengthens our relationship with each other let's remember friends that our children will only learn about good communication 
from the way we talk to them and how we talk to others. They see and are looking keenly at how we deal with conflict and how we solve problems. And they are learning how to do it by what we do. So when they see us sorting out problems calmly and respectfully, we're helping them to develop important skills for life. So there are some things I think we should start doing. We should start encouraging our family members to talk. We know that this old saying, children should be seen and not heard, is utter rubbish. Children should be seen and heard and feel seen and know they are heard. Encouraging our family members to talk is one of the cases where it's not just sufficient to say, talk to me man. We must encourage them to talk by listening. Don't interrupt. Really take the time to listen intently and respond with some sensitivity to what was shared. Not just nice things that flatter us or inflate our egos, but some things that they may tell us that we really never want to hear. The not so good news as well. And remember, we're not always required to provide solutions or recommendations, Kim. Oh, sorry, I just had a moment with myself there because that part was for me. We're not always required to provide solutions, recommendations, or give advice. Just listen. Let's also remember that whatever they share with us is their experience. So we ought not to demand that they feel the way we think they should feel. The other area I think we cannot afford to overlook on route to good communication is the importance of creating opportunities for good communication. Like having family meals together as often as possible, at the table, with the TV off, with our devices off, that good old-fashioned round table talk. People still doing that? And if you don't do it, start now. There's great benefit to it. Well, I'm not sure families still do this, it was a customary thing in my family of origin on a Sunday. And I know we live in a different time now where we all have competing schedules from mother to toddler to father. Everybody have them own schedule that they're working with, extracurricular activities, work, and all else. But I believe that this is a great tradition to carry on or implement in our homes. Just that time around the table when we can share what's happening in our lives. Food, family, fellowship. Something, you know, Phoebe, as young as she is, looks forward to on a Sunday evening. Sundays, she knows, it's family day. It's the Lord's day and it's also family day. So we usually take opportunities to go to the park, have dinner together, spend time together and it's usually where we you know go over the week and talk about the new week we talk and of course whenever i visit my parents we still gather around the dinner table to eat and talk happy for that tradition 
Friends, as we do the homework on good communication, let's focus on this part, and that is our nonverbal communication. I'm talking about that communication, smiling, eye contact with each other. Something that we sometimes miss. Everyone may be on different ends of the room, engaged separately within the home. But you know that just looking up and smiling with the other person, making eye contact, makes a great impact. There are many days I get caught up and Phoebe, you know, is in her corner playing or somewhere in the room doing what she, whatever she's up to. And I'll take my attention away from the laptop and I'll say, Phoebes. And when she looks at me, I'll blow her a kiss. And she'll smile and blow back on. And I will just go back to doing what we're doing. I also have nonverbal cues for my husband, but <laughs> that cannot be discussed here as this podcast is rated G. <laughs> but let's just say in those moments, he knows for sure he's not home alone. <laughs> Anyways, friends, in concluding... I encourage you as I encourage myself to do this hard homework to make sure our families aren't home alone and having to fend emotionally for themselves. That's not what we want. We love them and we care for them. So let's do the work necessary to make that very apparent. And if, like me, your husband or family member gives you a grade that's less than an A plus in this area. Them grade your homework in this area and them say, mm, no, you're not at an A plus. You're not at an A yet. Don't be discouraged. That just means we have some homework to do. So let's get started. Have a great weekend. Many blessings. Let's ensure that our family members and loved ones aren't left home alone. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Homework with Kim. I invite you to follow me on Instagram at SkyMona, that's S-K-Y-M-O-N-A. And I'm also inviting you to follow the podcast page at Homework with Kim. And until we meet again, just look around, you see it. We have some homework to do, so let's get started. (laughs)